and welcome to the found cause we have found the cause and serving the lord jesus christ i'm michael man behind the machine and to my right your left is sebastian the bookkeeper we are tiny because today is a responsive video sebastian kindly enough delved through catholic answers man i as much as i like responding to, to bad arguments i really hate watching bad arguments and so sebastian did me the courtesy of finding a catholic video to respond to initially we're going to take on trent horn and something about Catholic miracles, but honestly, like there's only one story to that, and that is the miracles are fake. So like, <laughs> how much more can you do? Um, so we decided to take a little bit more theological stance here, and that is take on still Catholic answers. So still Trent Horn's organization, but not Trent Horn. This is a much more offensive guy. I've seen, I don't really know his name. Do you? Our, our right guy on the right-hand side. Oh my goodness, I'm blanking right now that you're putting me on the okay, spot. whatever. Um, he's part of Catholic answers, and he's uh, more feisty, I find. He's not- Tim uh, Staples? Is it Tim Staples? I should I should also know because Tim Staples is a famous guy, but I have no idea what he looks like. So whatever. These two Catholic answers, gentlemen. Um, and this this gray-haired guy seems to be a little more feisty uh, with strong opinions. And so they're going to talk about Mary. And you all know Protestants are going to be like, ah, you worship Mary. And the Catholics are going to be like, lol, no, we don't. Um, we've done a couple episodes on Mary worship. Um, one of them was like but this crazy Latino guy that was from America, um, mm -hmm. already forgetting his name too, that is like super Mary worshiper. So like he did a video about worshiping Mary and then I watched like a whole lecture he had on worship of Mary and oh my gosh, a lot of Mary worship. Um, this is like mainstream conservative Catholics who still worship Mary. So like extra proof that it's not just the fringe Latino weirdos that worship Mary. These gentlemen are going to defend it. And then you, Sebastian, as always, are the man with the books. Um, and also behind them. And so you have a classic Marian thing. Um, just to prove that Catholics will almost always say, when you say you worship Mary, they go, no, we don't. You just have to prove. It's just like Mormons. When when you say Mormons are, um, they believe that they're going to become gods one day. 95% of Mormon missionaries will say, no, we don't. And you have to be like, okay, I, bring out the doctrine of covenants. Here you say it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we actually do. So Sebastian's got the glories of Mary from... Saint Alphonsus Liguori. <laughs> Thank you. An interesting, very interesting read. It is very, very heavy. And I mean that in a spiritual sense, because Mr. Alphonsus, doc a doctor of the church, do not take it from two guys with glasses and a podcast. Hi. This is someone who was canonized as a doctor of the church on the, on the par with St. Augustine, Irenaeus of Lyon, Jerome, Gregory Leo the Great. Okay. Very intelligent people. Bernard of Clairvaux. There's only 37 doctors of the church in the whole of human history here. So it's one of 37. Yep. He compiled, according to him, all the quotes that could possibly be related to Mary in a positive sense, according to Catholicism, and put it all in this one big book. And it's a chunky book. And it has application. <laughs> by, by that, I mean um, prayer to Mary. And... Sometimes he does sugarcoat it with, we're not worshiping Mary, but rather Mary intercedes for us on our behalf to God. However, some of those quotes, as I will read for later myself to show and see, you know, who's lining up with reality here, Catholic answers or the glories of Mary. I will be quoting some excerpts from that book and you be the judge to see in, is Catholic answers really being honest of how Catholicism portrays Mary mm -hmm. or are we going to take the word from this doctor of the church sanctioned by the Pope and bishops and cardinals in how Catholics should understand Mary yeah 
And with any huge organization like the Roman Catholic Church, there's always going to be a wide variety of practice. So what we aren't saying on this episode is that every single person who calls himself a Roman Catholic worships Mary. Um, right. Because frankly, 50% of people, if not more, that say they're Roman Catholic don't even believe Jesus ever existed. So like, put that aside, right? But a faithful, conservative Roman Catholic, do they worship Mary? And we would say the answer is definitively yes, and as much as they deny it. So let's let's hear it from Catholic Answers. Let's hear it from Glory to Mary. And without further ado, we'll let him talk. Catechism of the Catholic Church in section 971 says it is an essential part of Christian worship to honor the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, and say, what? Of Christian worship? Really? Now, and, and that's exactly why we are saying a faithful Roman Catholic is beholden to worship Mary. So there are plenty of unfaithful Roman Catholics, maybe righteously unfaithful Roman Catholics who mm-hmm. decide to not obey these kind of mm-hmm. commands from the church, but it is a command to, and we would argue, worship the Virgin Mary. He's going to speak to it. And again, the reason why we've been make the effort to talk about this stuff, to read, oh my goodness, read the glories of Mary. Who would do that? Go through all these documents and information is because we believe that this is a very dangerous practice that could endanger the eternal state of a person. So as much as we like to poke fun, crack some jokes, be cheeky about it, this is a serious matter. That's why we even take the time to address it because it is a grave error that many people fall into and we want to call them people out of that error. Yeah, And there are many sins um, that you could point out in any church, right? To like you could point to partisan churches and show gluttony and pride and lies and whatever, and yeah, they exist, um, and we should point them out. But this is this is an unapologetic fruit of the Catholic Church, which I think should show that the current Catholic Church is not in line with with God, the Holy Spirit, or whoever, because um, they are unapologetically sinning. They are just like the PCUSA or any other Protestant denomination that openly affirms homosexuality. That is, they are openly affirming a expressly taught against sin in the Bible. And in the same way, the Roman Catholic Church is expressly espousing and commanding their adherence to sin, to commit idolatry with Mary. So again, we'll let them defend themselves, but that's why we care. Um, However, I think Mary goes a step further even than the homosexual issue, which I feel strongly on too, so don't think I don't feel strongly on positions like that. The Mary thing goes further because not only is it idolatry, a sin, but because it's idolatry, it's also changing the trust in Jesus to trust in Mary. So it's not just Jesus and, it's like instead of Jesus, we have Mary, which is, you know, you've just entered, instead of just sinning like the PCUSA or any other denomination, you suddenly entered like the Mormon realm where you're, you're creating new gods and not praying to God. Instead, you're praying to somebody else, which is, again, that's like extra evil, not just the sin, but also mm-hmm. you've lost the gospel. It hasn't been just my experience leaving Catholicism, but other people who have left as well, there is the impression that God, well, God of the Old Testament, also mean and cruel. Jesus, he's stern and busy, but Mary, she's the loving mother who will speak on your behalf for Jesus because he's busy running the universe, he doesn't have time for you. I mean, I'm embellishing a little bit, but nonetheless, that was the impression that I had with my church and other people I interacted with in Peru. Yeah. And we're just going to keep beating this horse while we have them paused and they can't do anything about it. Uh, not only did you just hear them say it in the Roman Catechism, did they say that you must honor the Virgin Mary, um, which, of course, we honor a fellow sister in Christ who was given a great role in, in history. Mary, Mother of Jesus, right? Totally honor Mary. 
but we don't worship her. And when they say honor, they actually mean worship. Like they don't believe that I honor the Virgin Mary because I think she had sex with her husband, Joseph. Like they think that's dishonoring to the Virgin Mary. I say, you know, my mother made love to my father, right? I don't dishonor her by saying that. Like that's how she had me. That's It's perfectly mm-hmm. honoring that she did that. And so it's not dishonoring to say that the Virgin Mary did that as well. Um, that they, so when they say honor, they don't mean honor. They mean worship. In addition to that dogma, there are many other Marian dogmas. Um, and they are dogmas, meaning that the church requires you believe it. And for proof, Sebastian can quote um, papal bulls. So this isn't just us saying it. This is official teaching of the Roman church. This is on the bodily assumption of Mary, which was passed in the year of 1950 by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, and by our, our own authority, we pronounce, declare, and define it be necessary and define it to be a divinely revealed dogma that the Immaculate Mother of God, the ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Hence, if anyone, which God forbid, should dare willfully to deny or to call into doubt that which we have defined, let him know that he has fallen away completely from the divine and Catholic faith goes on it is forbidden to any man to change this our declaration pronouncement and definition or by rash attempt to oppose and counter it if any man should presume to make such an attempt let him know that he will incur the wrath of almighty god and of the blessed apostles peter and paul man there's a lot of interesting wrong things by the papal bull but notice again this is another marian dogma something we also don't believe about mary but the catholic church makes necessary not just part of being a faithful Catholic, but you, if you don't believe this, you are cut off from the faith and that you're going to incur the wrath of not only almighty God, but heaven forbid, Peter and Paul. I didn't know they're in the business of vengeance because last time I thought <laughs> vengeance was the Lord's, but whatever, they're also added to the vengeance list here. Um, and again, as a reminder, this is if you don't believe that Mary levitated to heaven instead of dying, she was assumed to heaven and didn't die on earth, um, which is totally extra biblical for the record. Um, so the the worship of Mary, definitely these other Marian dogmas that go along with their worship, definitely official Catholic teaching. Again, 1950 was the year here. It's not like, you know, 1350. This is just less than 100 years ago. Right. All right. Now we'll let them go. We had them captured. It uh, doesn't mean we worship Mary. Absolutely not. But it's an essential. Let the reader be the deciding factor of whether they do. I'd look at any church that, that honors Mary, honors Mary, and you'll see the worship pretty plainly. But... They always say they don't. Essential part of our worship. Why? Well, there's there's many reasons, but for lack of time here, let me give you two essential reasons. Number one is because of the Ten Commandments. Jesus made very clear, if you want to get to heaven, rich young man, in Matthew 19, 16, keep the commandments. Well, one of the... <laughs> really ironic, actually, I think. This is just ironic to me that they bring up the Ten Commandments, which is where um, you should honor the Lord God. And not make idolatry, like the whole thing about not making graven images. They did remove the graven images yeah. from the Ten Commandments. Yeah, which again, pretty ironic. So they're saying the reason you should worship Mary, not worship. Venerate. Venerate, which is another word for worship, as we've talked about in other videos, but whatever. They, the reason you should idolatrize Mary is because of the Ten Commandments, which is like, oh, I wonder why you say that. Those commandments is honor your father and mother on this earth. Well, because we are members of the body of Christ. Look, Scripture says we're brothers of Christ, right? Well, that makes Mary our mother. But Notice what they're quoting here. Mark 3.35, which says, Whoever does the will of, my, of God is my brother and sister 
and mother. So that's odd. So Jesus, this is a quote from Jesus, I think we're all familiar with the text, um, says this, in what context? The context of his mom and his brothers and his sisters, however you define those words, Roman Catholics say it's not his brothers and sisters, they must be cousins because again, Mary, professional virgin, whatever, not proof in the text here, um, but Mary and his brothers and sisters come asking him, well, can you stop going crazy, Jesus, right? They don't have faith in Jesus. Mary, blessed, immaculate mother of God, Mary, doesn't have faith in Jesus, wants him to stop preaching, comes with her other siblings to stop him preaching. And he does not address her, does not hear her cry, does not plead and say, oh, blessed mother, come to me. He says, mother, brother, sisters, who are my brothers and sisters? Then he says, who, pointing to his disciples, he says, whoever does the will of my God, of God is my brother and sister and mother. So these disciples were his brother and sister and mother. Mother, his disciples were his mother. So this is clearly not a gender-specific role, I don't think. And two, it's certainly not a specific to Mary role. So if she is um, my mother, she's also my brother and my sister. So she doesn't have some divine role here um, to me. She is just another sister that was given a great and honoring role to bring the Lord Jesus into earth. This text proves it. This is a text that shows that Jesus did not venerate her as his mother. So he, she's certainly not our mother if she's not Jesus's mother, of which she actually physically birthed Jesus. So like she doesn't mm-hmm. have claim to be my mother. She doesn't have claim to be your mother either. Um, so she is not our mother in faith. It does not make her queen of heaven. That's that's the, the leap. They made her queen of heaven before they decided that she was all of our mothers. And so they just want a female goddess. People have wanted female goddesses for thousands of years. So it shouldn't be crazy. Um, the Asherah poles, Asherah was called Queen of Heaven. Yep. So they just they just want the Queen of Heaven, like they have for thousands of years, and so they are just making Mary the Queen of Heaven, like they have for thousands of years. Um, that's idolatry. And before you say or even tune out, Michael, how dare you say that we're just making her Queen of Heaven? Well, don't take it from Michael. Take it from Alfonso's Liguri uh, on the chapter of O Gracious Advocate. Thou art the mother of God and all powerful to save sinners, and with God thou needest not needest no other recommendation, for thou art the mother of true life. At the command of Mary, all obey, even God, said Saint Bernardine fears not to utter this sentence. Pause, which I think he should. <laughs> Fear uttering such a sentence? He should. And eh? No, and Saint Nelson also goes, Our Lord, O most holy virgin, has exalted thee to such a degree that by his favor, all things that are possible to him should be possible to thee. For thy protection is omnipotent, O Mary, says Cosmas of Jerusalem. Yes, Mary is omnipotent, repeats Richard of St. Lawrence. For the queen, by every law, enjoys the same privileges as the king. And as the power of the son and that of the mother is the same, a mother is made omnipotent by an omnipotent son. And thus, says St. Antoninus, God has placed the whole church not only under the patronage, but either even under the dominion of Mary. Nice. Which again, all the prophecies about the God, the Father, placing all the nations and dominions and peoples under the footstool of his son, I guess forgot to mention that sitting on top of him is his mom, with him is her footstool, and then, then he's got all the nations under him. Um, again, that is straight up idolatry, guys.
So yeah, you're quoting the text that disproves you, yes. But even more radical than that, we're members of his body. Does anybody know a mom who just gives birth to a head and not a body? The point is, of course... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay. That's, that's a funny one, actually, because like... So, so they're, they're saying that because we are members of Jesus's body and, and Mary gave birth to Jesus's body, therefore she is our mother. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you, you got this one. Um, is this Tim? I'm just going to imagine it's Tim Staples. Maybe it's not. Um, you, he, he died and then he rose again in a, in a glorified body, right? And when we say that we're part of the body, like, am, am I? Is Jesus not in heaven? Is he like here with me? In, like, am I him? No, we're we're part of a spiritual body. Like, I'm not actually part of his physical body. Mary did not give birth to the spiritual body of Christ. God alone is Jesus Christ, one. And then two, like, formed his glorified body. Mary did not form his glorified body. So Mary just birthed his physical body, and I am not physically Jesus Christ. And anybody who thinks that you're physically Jesus Christ is very mistaken. Like, that's psych ward material, right? That's cultic material. And so, of course, she's not our mother via physical fiat. She didn't give birth to me physically just because I'm now in the spiritual body of Christ. She didn't spiritually give birth to Jesus Christ. Enough said. <laughs> Mary is our mother, just as God is our father, Jesus is our brother, and we're members of his body. And so we are bound by the Ten Commandments to honor our blessed mother. And if you do not do so, you are breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Secondly, okay, honoring, truly honoring, is not worship. When I honor my regular, my actual mom and dad, you know, earthly mom and dad, um, I don't worship them. I don't have pictures of them around the house and then pray to them. I, none of that, right? So what you're asking me to do is not honor Mary. Uh, secondly, she's not my mom. So she's she's a brother. Now you should honor, like Paul says, for sisters and brothers in Christ that are around you, you should treat them with all respect, right? Put them before yourself, all that. Um, first of all, Mary is dead. So how really am I going to do that, right? She's in the gracious kingdom of God right now in heaven, right? She's not with me. Mm -hmm. So how do I really treat her? With, like, I can't actually treat her here. Um, except remember her. Um, but secondly, again, we don't worship our brothers and sisters in Christ in the congregation either. Um, so yes, honor Mary as a fellow sister in Christ as much as is possible. Um, but the problem here is that you're not honoring her. So it's certainly not a, a breach in the Ten Commandments to not honor, you know, your random church member the way you honor, or supposed to honor Mary, which is just straight worship. It would be a strange, so the way he claims we should honor Mary, like by such as lighting candles in front of an icon mm -hmm. or a statue of her would be as strange as making a statue of your church pastor and lighting a bunch of candles in front of him. I mean, they it's do that, <laughs> the Pope and stuff, right? So it happens. I suppose. I suppose. I'm saying for Protestants too, that would be... Yes. Well, you, you make, Catholics we consider... don't do that either. Like typically you're not making a statue of your particular priest and then lighting candles to it. I hope not at least. Right. In God's plan of salvation, he deigned a unique place for the Blessed Virgin Mary. In his he, he did for me too, actually. And for Sebastian and any other Christian, he ordained a unique place. Um, so not a reason to worship me, for the record. Same with Sebastian. Much as he deigned for Jesus Christ to come into this world, not part of him, not 50% of him, the whole Jesus comes to the whole world through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we see that at the Incarnation, of course, famously in Luke chapter 1, verses 37 and 38, when the Blessed Mother says, let it be done unto me. Oh. 
I think it's really funny too because it gives the quote, praise God. It gives the full quote of the verse here from Luke 1, 38, um, where Mary says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, like the lowly maid, you know, like the, the paid servant of the Lord. Let it to me according to your word. Not I am queen of heaven. Like, thank you for blessing me with this great power. I am the handmaid of the Lord. I would even go as far as saying that Protestants honor Mary more because we believe that she gave birth naturally to Jesus. We have gone over this in the Gnostic episode and how many would believe that their in her womanly integrity was kept intact. Just right. keep it PG. Meaning she didn't actually give birth to Jesus. She carried him and then he somehow got out without breaching her hymen. Yep. Yeah. That's not really giving birth to the whole of Jesus. And it was, as we've discussed before, it's a Gnostic um, viewpoint that was held to by Catholics, also held to by Eastern Orthodox, expressly because of Gnostic texts that they have later been like, oh yeah, that was Gnostic, but we're still going to keep the theology without the, the source. Mm -hmm. um, those Gnostic texts didn't like physical natures. And so they made Mary not physically give birth to Christ because they weren't into the whole physical thing. Now Catholics are into the physical thing, but they kept the, the hatred of the physical thing in their small theology here about Mary not really giving birth to Christ. So, odd. Those desert fathers. Yeah. According to thy word, the result was the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and you and I can be saved. But you know, Lumen Gentium, in a beautiful section, 52 down to about 69 in Lumen Gentium, beautifully lays out the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary did not end. I mean, if it ended right there, that pretty much says it all. The whole Jesus comes to the whole world through us. But we also see how that God gave a unique role to Mary with regard to the salvation of all, not just in the incarnation, but the wedding feast of Cana. It's through her intercession. Jesus begins his ministry. And What the heck? Man, I guess any reference to Mary, because there's not that many references to Mary, to the Catholic's chagrin, um, has some grand meaning, um, I guess, except the one that Jesus denies her, right? Um, but the wedding feast of Cana, like, it begins his ministry, as much as, like, him at 12 years old preaching in the synagogue, began his ministry uh, his ministry actually began with the baptism from john the baptist like john the baptist got the honor of kicking off jesus's ministry not the wedding feast of cana you could call that his first miracle many people do but honestly like him teaching the rabbis is miracle enough how about his birth you know that's another miracle too i i don't really think we should call the beginning of his ministry the wedding feast of cana and give mary the honor of like inaugurating it. what even is that um yeah i also don't think that mary was going to jesus who had as far as we know, not done a physical miracle like that yet. And was like, hey, Jesus, would you turn this water into wine? I don't think that's what she, I, I think from the text, you can't glean that that is what she meant Jesus to do. She, she was meaning like, Jesus, go get some more wine. And Jesus is like, I, you know, here we go. I did it, right? It wasn't Mary going like, I commission you, Jesus, with the power to change water into wine. None of that, which is what you're insinuating here. You're insinuating that Mary like spurred jesus on and like released the floodgates and was like go forth my son and do miraculous powers which he did not then we'll be reading a lot into the text a lot according to john 2 11 the apostles come to faith and jesus performs his first miracle and begins to manifest his glory through the intercession of mary and then 
on we go, and I don't have time to do everything, but at the foot of the cross, in fulfillment of the prophecy of Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35, behold, a sword shall pierce your soul. And what's fascinating about this prophecy is he had just said, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel to be a sign of contradiction which shall be spoken against. And of course there, he's referring to the cross and the fact that Jesus would die for all. But then in the next breath, he says, a sword will pierce your soul also that the thoughts out of many hearts would be manifest. So in other words, I want to hear what he says. It's the same people, that's all of us, that Jesus, oh, this is so good, folks. The same people Jesus was dying for, Mary is said to suffer for. No. Nope. 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 If you read the text, as you, I, I appreciate that he's actually putting it up. I don't know if you can really see it because we're blocking half of it, but um, if you read the text, he says a sword comes out, like Jesus is the sword, right? A sword coming out of the mouth. It's a revelational thing too, right? It's also a Davidic prophecy about the Messiah. He's the sword. And then Simeon says, a sword will pierce your heart also. So not the same sword. Like she isn't the sword. She's not suffering like Jesus or whatever. He's just saying also a sword will pierce your heart. It's not a connected sword. It's just like they, she, he's using poetic language to say like, Jesus is a sword and also you will be pierced. It, it is not a connection to say that they are both equivalent in saving men. Um, that would be, first of all, vicious idolatry, but I know you blasphemy. know that you're doing that. Blasphemy. Um, and it, a total misreading of the word also in Greek and English, you know, in any language you're reading the text in. And it will be the joining of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary in that prophetic suffering, which would be fulfilled at the foot of the cross. I thought it was just the Messiah that was going to atone for the sins of the world. Apparently it's also the suffering of his mom. Okay. I mean, it's kind of a Jewish thing, isn't it? Don't the Jews say that like all the the prophecies about Jesus, um, like in Isaiah 52 and things like that, about him suffering for the sake of the world, they're like, well, that's not Jesus. That's like all Jewish people suffering for the sins of the world or something weird. It's very not Christian that Mary gives birth to all of us. Oh, and you see that so beautifully laid out in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, where Mary gives birth to Jesus in verses 4 and 5 and in verse 17. She gives birth to all of us, and that is... Woo! All right, this is pretty typical Roman Catholic stuff, so it's not like I didn't expect that, but it's always kind of shocking. Like, I always get the eyebrows singed off when they do this kind of thing. Revelation 12. Um, we all agree refers to Mary, except... It doesn't really. That uh, he's assuming we all agree this. Of course, you don't. Uh, chapter twelve says a great sign appeared in heaven: a woman, Mary? Question mark. Clothed with the sun, not Mary, uh, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. This twelve stars, Israel, right? Moon on her feet, clothed with the sun. Twelve stars, twelve tribes of Israel. This is Israel. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. Who is she pregnant with? Jesus. So yes, Mary did give birth to Jesus, but this woman is symbolizing Israel, and Mary is part of Israel, so yes, she she was here, but this isn't Mary specifically, this is Israel. Israel gave birth to Christ. Out of Israel came Jesus, and she fled into the wilderness, a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of. Um, again, Israel fled the same way. Mary is an archetype of Israel, so I'm not, I'm not denying the connection here to Mary, but I am saying that this woman is way more than Mary. And so when it mentions here, like quoted on the screen in Revelation 12, 17, then the dragon went off to make war and the rest of her offspring on those who kept the commandments of God, it's not Mary's offspring, it's Israel's offspring. So you're taking the fact that Mary is a category of Israel and instead flipping it and saying 
Israel here, all of the offspring is a category of Mary, which is just not true. Not all of Israel are from Mary. I would also be careful because if you say this woman is 100% Mary, then Satan went to make off went off to make war with the rest of her offspring. I mean, are you saying Jesus had siblings? Well, I'm just being cheeky. I'm just no, being cheeky. saying they're spirit I'm siblings. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So perfectly made actual, effectual there at the foot of the cross. And of course, that gift goes into eternity in Revelation 12 because she continues to give birth to all of us. So that's just a little thumbnail sketch of Mary's role in God's plan of salvation. But remember, as Pope Francis has emphasized so much with regard to Mary, her role is that of a mother. She is our mother who nurtures us from now until our dying days. This is. I think we're all aware of some of these texts. Maybe not. I'll point them out anyways. Of of God comparing Himself to a mother, which you know, sometimes controversial because then people want to make God a mom, like a woman, which He's not. He's a man. He calls Himself a man, whatever else. Um, he's not a man like us, but He's He's male. Uh, he compares Himself to a mother hen, right? Wanting to, to bring the chicks in under mm -hmm. his wings and things like that. So God is our mother and father. We don't refer to him as mother because he doesn't really refer to himself very often that way. So we honor God by referring to him as a male, male pronouns. But he is also mother. Like to take the role of mother from God and give it to Mary is blasphemy. There's a, a famous quote from Isaiah 42 where God says this. Thus says God, this is God saying this. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, and who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind. Any any glory sharing here? Any any other person involved in any of this? No. Jesus is involved here, but he is God, right? That would be the difference between him and Mary. God is doing these things. And the Lord finishes this sentence, this whole paragraph about his glory here. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So here's God proving himself that, that not only is he better than idols, he will not give his glory with, to any other. Not just idols, but any other. Jesus and God share glory. One of the evidences we use to say that Jesus is God, right? When he says, give me the glory that I had with you in heaven before. Like that's proof that he is God because God only shares his glory with God. Um, and I think extra emphasizing the whole idolatry point is he says, nor my praise, will not give his praise, to carved idols, which innumerous carved, literally carved idols, not even just the icons that the, uh, that Eastern Orthodox do, carved idols of Mary out there that people are giving glory to, giving praise to. Uh, the Lord says he will not do that. So the Lord certainly did not make Mary our mother. He did not. Well said. And I don't think he has much else to say. Do you have any closing comments? We can let him roll out to it. I want to hear maybe. Why we say pray for us sinners, both now and at the hour of our death to our blessed mother, because she loves us as only a mother can, and she keeps us all the way into eternity. God bless you and all of us. We need a relationship with the blessed mother because God says so. Again, okay. big yikes. 42, yeah, Isaiah 42, uh, 6 says, I am the Lord, I've called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you.
This is so the Lord keeps you, not Mary. And that's why I said this isn't just idolatry. It's also usurping of God, which which is usually what comes in with idolatry. But this isn't just taking like one of God's smaller positions. It's taking his main position as our keeper, as our protector, as our as our God, as our savior, and giving it over to Mary. So that's a total denial of the gospel. And it's idolatry. So double double whammy here. And again, do not take it just from us in our claims of idolatry. From chapter 1, which is titled, Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. St. Alphonsus asks, How great should be our confidence in Mary, who is the Queen of Mercy, sometimes also called Queen of Heaven? If the Son is a king, says an ancient writer, the mother who begot him is rightly and truly considered a queen and sovereign. No sooner had Mary, says St. Bernardine of Siena, consented to be mother of the eternal word, than she merited by this consent to be made queen of the world and of all creatures. Since the flesh of Mary, remarks the abbot Arnold of Chartres, was not different from that of Jesus, how can the royal dignity of the Son be denied to the mother? Hence, we must consider the glory of the Son, not only as being common to, but as one with that of his mother. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you hear it from the, the horse's own mouth, like this is not Protestant sources talking about Catholic belief, this is Catholic sources espousing Catholic belief. And some of that's just like straight science. Like the when you don't argue from the Bible and instead you argue from quote unquote reason and whatever else, um, you end up with statements like that that are time bounded. So whoever said that last part, I think he said some, some saint dude, um, said that because the flesh of Mary and Jesus were the same, how could they not be both equally glorified? Um, we know today from studying God's creation that the flesh of the mother is not the same as the flesh of the child, even in vitro. So even while in the womb, the, the DNA, the flesh of the baby is different than that of the mother. Now, they're obviously intimately connected. They, they are on the same body, uh, but they, they are not each other's flesh. They're distinct people, even while in the womb. So the flesh of Jesus was not and is not the flesh of Mary. And so, no, that whole line of logic is wrong. And of course, it's not from the Bible. So like, you should have seen that coming, right? Mm -hmm. Our call to Catholics, I would say, is to l compare the teachings of the church to what has been revealed in Holy Scripture. From these passages that have been quoted, and also based on what we said from Isaiah, or even from Mark or Matthew, do we get even any hints that Mary wanted to share in the glory of the Son, or even... Not even that she wanted to, like, God, please give me your glory, but rather, did God even think of sharing his glory with his mother? I would say not. Don't take it from us. Check every single page of the scriptures. I would say you will not find any hints mm -hmm. of glory, even of God even thinking of sharing his glory with a human. Now, compared to how the Son, the Father, and the Spirit speak and relate to one another, they don't even think about like sharing their glory. They're like, we are we, like we are God. We are the one true God. They speak as if they are God. So hence why we hold to the Trinity. For our Catholic friends, you have memorized the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, Michael. Mm -hmm. Famous, another, another retelling of the same story that Catholic answers quoted. When Jesus uh, says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Point to his disciples. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. 
it really, that one says it all, right? This doesn't dishonor Mary. Clearly, Christ did not sin in saying this about um, denying his mom here when she was in sin. She was coming to stop him, and he didn't even let her come into the room, right? That was not dishonoring his mother. It was correcting her sin. And I think he clarifies for all the future generations who might be tempted to make something of Mary that he says it, that his lineage really doesn't matter. Like the lineage now is about who he's calling his brothers and sisters and mother, um, which are all his disciples, those who follow him, not his actual physical lineage. And that's not to say that we don't believe the physical lineage of Christ is important. I believe it's part of the coming forth from Israel. Or there's um, Davidic connections there. There's... Uh, priestly connections there. Like there's all these lines that are important about Christ's physical lineage. However, um, Jesus doesn't make that the main point of his ministry. And so we should not either. Um, so again, we've said this many times before, but of all the Catholic Catholic dogmas, there are many of them that we disagree with and are just straight sin and are foolish to make anathema or not anathema. Um, but the Marian doctrine, doctrines, specifically these ones around her being um, immaculate, um, meaning she didn't have sin, or ones that call you to venerate, call you to commit idolatry. Original sin, I can imagine people already commenting on. She didn't have original sin, the stain of original sin. Uh, right, which like, it, you, Adam, and Jesus, like, that's that's pretty, pretty bold um, mm -hmm. to go off of nothing in scripture from that. Um, so those claims about Mary usurp the role of Christ in salvation. They aren't part of God's salvation plan. They usurp the true salvation plan, which is through Christ alone. And so they are gospel-denying issues. So as much, we've talked about the Roman Catholic Church before. There's many problems that aren't gospel-denying issues. There's things we say are wrong. Um, but the Mary stuff is gospel-denying. And of course, their view of the gospel as being works and faith is also gospel-denying. So it's just two angles of why the Roman Catholic Church used to be Christian, but has doubled down on apostasy. They, they have left the Christian faith. They are no longer a Christian church. As much as they stamp their feet and plead that they are, the Mormon church does the exact same thing, and they are not Christians, nor is the Roman Catholic Church. So our call is to any Catholics that may be looking at this that we have presented and say, well, I don't agree with this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good. So we're, our call is that you to see what God has taught directly with his, in his scripture and his revealed word. We believe that the Holy Spirit can and does make intercession for us and allows us to see what God wants us to see in our lives, to apply it in our lives, what is correct belief, teaching, doctrine, etc. And we ask to leave this church, to realize all these additions that have happened over 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. And how they are in, these additions are inconsistent, opposed, insulting to God Himself. So we call you, call you out. Leave, leave this church if you disagree with some of these documents that the church has mm -hmm. made, because you know in your conscience that they are not right. And truly, you are not leaving Christian tradition when you leave the Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church named themselves the Catholic Church because they're obsessed with pretending to be the true Christian Church. But mm -hmm. the true Christian Church has always been around. The Roman Catholic Church was once part of the greater Christian Church. And they officially, they, they had, you know, every church has its problems. So the Roman Catholic, the Western European Church really um, had problems throughout the years. But don't we all, right? Nothing that I would call making them non-Christian until they officially called the gospel anathema at the Council of Trent. They looked at the Reformation that was happening in Europe with Protestantism and said, 
not specifically not that and anybody who agrees with that is anathema and so at that point instead of staying with the catholic church the roman catholic church decided to leave christianity and so that's why it's kind of in a unique position but like sebastian said we call you out you are not leaving christian tradition to leave the catholic church you are just leaving a apostate church to come to the true church um, which is which is just christianity right there are many flavors out here so i'm not even calling you to be a specifically roman reformed baptist or presbyterian or whatever um go as your convictions find you but you need to find the gospel which is the unifying thing of the true christian church that is the belief that jesus christ alone saves you and that it's his work not our works that save us and that he must be your lord to be saved we we believe that we are not people who believe that just believing in jesus as god is what saves you we don't believe that you shouldn't do good works none of the the caricatures that catholics often put on protestants we the unifying thing with all Christians is that we believe that Jesus saves us alone and that we should worship and obey him. That's, that is what a Christian is. And so when you break that by saying that Mary is actually our savior or she's a co-savior and that it's not just Jesus's work, but also Mary's and my own, that is a breach of the gospel, which Paul says in Galatians is anathema. The only time anathema is used in the gospels actually is from Paul in Galatians where he calls the Roman Catholic view of salvation anathema. And so we have found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my right, your left is... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Thank you for listening. If you want to see the rest of our episodes, you got to go to foundcost.podby.com, where we have all of our episodes downloadable for your audio pleasure. We're also on YouTube and Facebook, where you can see our beautiful faces, and of course, the faces of, I think it's Tim Staples. I don't know. It's somebody. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim Staples. This isn't you. You're some other Catholic Answers guy. Uh, until next time, we talk about something completely different. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.